0: Hey, it's time for Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit. And I'm Dr. Lisa, how you doing? I'm coming at you live, live on the air. It's a very exciting day for me. I haven't done this in a while. Um, Do you know it's our fifth year anniversary this week? That's right, I gotta tell you something. It's the fifth year anniversary, my birthday and the station's executive director and founder, Tom Tenney's birthday, okay? All in the same fucking week. Can you get over it? So what I think you should do is, you know, I think you should help us celebrate. I mean, you know, like right now, independent media is more important than ever. You guys know this better than I do. I mean, you people out there. So um, a really great thing to do would be to go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.org, all spelled out, uh, slash donate and um, help keep us going because it's a really, really tough time. And our community radio affects a large group of people. So it's not just the station. It's a lot, a lot of people all over. So as for our this is actually the fifth anniversary of my show since i am one of the proud founding members of radio free brooklyn i've been here from the beginning so we have a special surprise today i actually have tom tenney the station executive director and founder on live hi tom hi
1: lisa dr lisa um, excuse me
0: Dr. Lisa, Dr. Lisa, right? Is that what you were going to say? I
1: did say doctor. I said Lisa. And then I said, Dr. Lisa, I forgot where I am and I forgot your honorific. And I'm very, very sorry.
0: (laughs) No, actually, actually it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all folks. So the thing that's really funny, I just, and I think I'm sort of going to surprise Tom with some of this too. I don't know if Tom's prepared for this, Tom, you're never prepared when you're on the radio with me. Throw it at me, Lisa. Okay,
1: Doctor Lisa. <laughs> uh,
0: you can call me Lisa. And anyway, the thing is, is that so five years ago, when I first started uh, doing this show, doing being the station was started, I for the first, did my first show ever, and I have a big authority figure problem, which because my parents hated me whatever uh, I was afraid of my parents they scared me all adults scared me and authority figures like I somehow placed Tom in the category of an adult authority figure <laughs> five years ago when he when I met him and he was you know basically running the station and I knew nothing I, I just couldn't believe I was going to be running a radio show my own radio show so anyway so to overcome my own fear and we talked about counter-transference at the time which is this this is what it is to overcome my own fear i had tom i i am very proud of myself i attacked my own fear right away by having tom as my first guest so i could get over my fear of authority and my afraid of my fear of failing at the station tom you remember that do you remember uh, how i, 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 rem- was, like, I remember it well you?
1: yes <laughs> i do and and my confusion uh, as to why you would think of me as an authority figure but um
0: yeah. no it, it it and do you remember this tom i had forgotten about this and i'm encouraging you guys to uh go back to the first show ever the show that i'm referring and it's going to be posted on facebook along with this it is posted on facebook right now uh we we i had broken the microphone right away by tripping over the cord did you remember that
1: uh, uh, yeah. It wasn't. I don't think it was a microphone. I think it was uh, like the CD player.
0: Oh, some piece of equipment during the training before I'd actually done the live. Did I freak stuff out?
1: I, did I? I, I might have freaked. And, it, freaked out.
0: And you really freaked out. And I remember because I'm a neurotic, and I was so, I was so uptight about how I had fucked that up, and I paid for it, you and did. it was solved, and everything yeah yeah and then we talked about how you were okay with it um uh,
1: yeah well, I mean, you have to understand too that at that time we only had like four pieces of equipment, so um that was one of the reasons i was I was terrified that if anything broke, we would just not be able to do you know anything so but I apologize for freaking out right. about it no, we, we've had no, lots no, more no, more I, equipment breaks since then, and uh I've chilled out uh significantly. Well,
0: you have. I want to get into that. But I also, um, you know, it's just kind of like um, I just want to go back I did, just to reminisce. And I really think anyone that's interested in the station or or any kind of big, huge project taking charge of a big project on your own. Uh, it was really nostalgic to go back there and listen to the show and listen to you. Talk about your how insane it was that you were starting this whole radio station. And I dr- dug into what in your personality would actually take on something like this. So it was a really great show. Do you remember the feeling that you had when you started this station five years ago?
1: Yeah, sheer terror. I mean, it was, it was really, really frightening because uh, this was something that I didn't really know how to do. You know, I was just sort of, I was kind of winging it and I had to come across like I wasn't winging it. Like I knew exactly what I was doing, but I was really so insecure about it, about the sure. whole thing. You know, I mean, I I had done some audio stuff in grad school, but I had never started anything like a radio. And I had worked for media companies for a long time, but I had never done anything like starting my own you know, radio network like this, and uh and it was you know I just hoped that people would would have faith in me, and I try you know I tried not to um I, I felt very vulnerable, but but very afraid of showing that vulnerability
0: on the on the show or in general. Yeah, in mean, gen- both. well,
1: both both. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. You didn't pro- you didn't project. No, you you sounded like you know pretty much in a way that it was going to work out. Like you had faith that it was You did project faith that it was going to work out. I will say that.
1: Well, sure. But but also you were a brand new one of, you know, one of a handful of hosts that I had at the time. So I wasn't going to try to project my vulnerability and my doubt uh, to you, to you especially.
0: Yeah. I'm not saying, I'm not saying I was lying to you.
1: I'm just saying that, you know, (laughs) even when you're on the, on the, you know, psychiatrist's couch, sometimes you, you know, you, uh, are, are aware and, um, you know, try to, uh, project a certain, you know, image.
0: Well, I, I, w- I will say you did that. And, you know, we did get into some vulnerability in some other places, maybe, yeah. you know, sure, talking about girls and shit, uh, yeah. uh, uh you're in- we, you were pretty good. You were very open about your intimacy issues. Um, and also what I was also reminded of, you had some great stories about things that you had been through that, uh, where you just kind of forged ahead. Like you, you, it felt like you could kind of, you kind of had this sense of that if you really put your mind to it, you really kind of convinced me that if you put your mind to it, you could accomplish anything. Like how you tried, how you got yourself you wanted to go to this private school and it didn't seem like you were going to make it. And then you finally got in at the last minute, you got a $20,000 check yeah. out of the blue in yeah. the mail.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and that, and that, that was a life changing event for me because that is something that changed my whole outlook on being able to do things because I was, you know, I was told that, you know, don't, you're not going to try to do this. You don't have enough money. You're poor. You're, you know, um, and I was just, convinced that I could. And uh, I mean, you know, despite the fact that the money coming from out of nowhere, wasn't my doing. Uh, I feel like the success was because had I listened to those people to those voices, I never would have, you know, the check would have come and I would have already given up. Mm-hmm. Right?
0: Yeah. Like I said, you guys should go back to listen, listening to it. But just just so there's no suspense, what happened was Tom didn't, you know, his family couldn't pay for him to go to this private school that he really wanted to go to. And I think it was like, right before you had to either say you were going or not, Tom Mm -hmm. got a check. This is so crazy from like the state that was an inheritance that he had no idea. And it was $20,000 and it was totally like random And totally clean money. It was his money that he had no idea he was going to get. And for a high school kid to get a check of $20,000 out of the blue at the right moment was pretty uh, inspiring, I'll say that. So let's talk about what's happened with the station. I mean, don't, don't, it, it's so ironic that we're talking about the five-year anniversary and we're in this like pandemic, quarantine, COVID state. Don't, isn't it funny? It, I, to me, it really speaks of survival instincts. What do you think?
1: Sure, yeah. Um, I mean, I mean and, and, and it reminds us all about how vulnerable we are you know, to, Mm -hmm. you know, something as simple as a virus that could literally kill us all, you know?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, I have to say just from my point of view, this is one of the few things or maybe the only thing that I'm involved in that I feel like because of the pandemic is thriving. So for me, and I'm sure a lot of other people, uh, it's been a really great, thing. Um, it's probably a lot more complicated on your end. So what's it, what's it like in the moment right now? Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't
1: use the word thriving right now. Um, because we are, I mean, we're always struggling, but, but this has uh, thrown a, you know, sort of a wrench in the machine that we could not have foreseen. Oh yeah. And, uh, you know, we're doing our best to keep it um, up and running. And I I do have to say to all the people who have donated to Radio Free Brooklyn so far, thank you so much. We had a, uh, a fundraising drive where we tried to raise $25,000 by yesterday, actually, which was our fifth birthday. And we ended up making about half of that. Mm-hmm. But that half is going to keep us going through the rest of the year. If we had not made the money that we did or raised the money that we did from that fundraiser, we would not be here talking right now
0: oh oh yeah and i mean just to be clear i'm only talking about my little corner of the station sure yeah, mean, oh yeah, yeah, yeah oh that's, yeah yeah. that's, that's yeah. why i'm turning it over to you well because uh, sure. I, I have no idea about the big picture and, I, and I
1: think or... that that's that is true about a lot of people i mean one of the one of the sort of silver linings about this whole thing is that since a lot of people now are broadcasting live from home that's a whole new skill set that they had to learn Right. So this is ne- now they have proficiency in, uh, you know, audio hardware, in selecting audio ha- hardware and setting it up and how it works. And as well as the software and all the sort of details that you need to know about broadcasting live on the Internet. So I feel like through this, you know, this kind of accident, we are actually able to help people further their kind of you know media education which is one of the things that we set out to do I- initially mm-hmm. uh, you know as radio free Brooklyn I mean we are an educational institution as well as you know um, you know doing uh, you know just broadcasting music and talk shows yeah and it
0: and um, that is a really amazing I mean I think that's one of the things I I have found so gratifying. But I also think it's one of, like one of the things that I think you've created, Tom, is a community. And I think that's something that you talked about from the very beginning from five years ago. And I think that's one of the things that makes the station so strong. Like for listeners that don't know, we the station has a happy hour every Friday on Zoom. And that's really kept the spirit of the station together. But can you talk about the development of the community from your point of view, Tom?
1: Sure. I mean, communities are are funny because you can't really create a community. Communities create themselves, right? So they are, you can't say, I want to create a community that's going to be this, 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 and this. You can aspire to those things and you can put things in place that will help you get to to where you want to go with a community, but it's never, ever going to turn out exactly the way that you imagined it because people are people. They're individuals. They're going to bring to it different kinds of things that you couldn't have imagined. So, and that's honestly one of the great joys of sort of, you know, helping bring a community into existence is that you get to see um, what really special individual things people are able to contribute. And, uh, but I think that the, the most important is the willingness to contribute, the willingness to be, a and the desire to be a part of a community. And that's one of the things that we struggled with at the beginning was that, we had, you know, we would bring on shows and then some of them would just, you know, leave six months later because they weren't really interested in being a part of a community and that's fine. But what happens is the more, you know, as you time goes on, you attract more and more people who are interested in being, um, you know, something that is greater than the sum of its parts and <clears throat> those people stay. and the mm-hmm. m- And so it's like a snowball, you know, like the... You know, it gets bigger and bigger and still some snowflakes kind of fall off as it as it rolls along, you know, still happens. Mm-hmm. But the more and more people there are that are really invested in in creating a community like this, um, the, the, the stronger it grows. Mm
0: hmm. Is there any way you can sum up any of the characteristics of the community from your point of view? Like what kind mm. of community or what the people are like or what the missions are like? What's come out of it? I mean, you like you were saying that you can't control what kind of communities. So you... Like how does did it fit with the vision of the community, or what what's surprising about the community? It, you know it, what I
1: mean. It, 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 it's surprisingly close to the vision, to the the way I imagined it at the beginning. Really? Yeah. yeah. What and do you mean
0: by that? Well, yeah.
1: I mean, I you know, I I think when I was creating communities online, when I worked at VH1, right? So I created like an online community for Flavor of Love, and mm-hmm. which was a you know, a reality show on VH1 when I was working there, and you know, we imagined it to be a certain thing, and what it ended up being was this weird kind of quasi dating site, <laughs> which we did, wow. which we did not expect. So sometimes it can really go off the rails and or or into a totally different direction. Um, and I think that that you know, part of of being successful in having people move towards your vision is to sort of first of all to find people who share that vision but also Mm -hmm. to sort of gently you know sort of you know guide people in a direction that they that they feel like they felt they found on their own Mm -hmm. right so they feel like um so that they feel a sense of ownership as opposed to just like, oh, I do this show for this uh, organization, and then you know, whatever. I right. Know, pe- people, right. you know, people are people who we have now are motivated. They're involved. Um, they are very nice. <laughs> you have <laughs> you have to be nice to be a part of Radio Free Brooklyn. That is like really the one and only requirement. I,
0: I agree. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. yeah, I think it's an amazing group of people. Um, One of the things that I always, you know, the thing that I always tout about the station is that you don't get really judged on like your, how many listeners you're bringing in. You get judged on your commitment to the community and how seriously, how serious you are about doing your show and the things that really matter. Yeah. Which, Which is another thing that I think that why this station is so appropriate for this time, because I think this time period, the pandemic is causing people to think about their values and ethics more. And I think this station is, you know, is really it's it's I think that's one of the things that's going to give the station longevity and survival.
1: Sure. And like what I was saying about broadcasting from home, I mean, if you like broadcasting, then what a great thing to be able to do from home while you're <laughs> while you're locked up. You know, totally. it's the perfect quarantine activity. Um, so, what about your role in the
0: community, Tom? Yeah, because you are you are definitely um, the leader of the community. There's no question about that. And um, so, tell us the good side of it and tell us the dark side of it it's got to be gratifying in a lot of ways but it's also like a kind of a lot of pressure and responsibility no
1: yes so i mean you know basically those are the good good and the bad side right is that you know the good side is that i get to see this like wonderful beautiful community emerge you know from something that i helped create um, and yeah, the, the dark side is that it is a ton of work. It is a ton. And I don't get paid for it. So, you know, sometimes you just feel like throwing up your hands. Um, but, not, but you know, and, and most people would have at this point if they were mm-hmm. in my position. If, if you did not have a total just dedication and love for doing this, there would be absolutely no reason to do it because the reward is in the creating this thing. And if you're not really interested in that thing, you would have, you would have run away from this four and a half Mm -hmm. years
0: ago. But pride, you must take pride in it. Let's hear about it.
1: Oh, I take, true. No,
0: but like, doesn't, I mean, like, here's the thing, guys. We, we haven't had a, a mixer in a while, but I mean, we have these monthly meetings and you know, it's like this amazing group of people in the cafeteria of one of those uh you know we work like place 100 bogart we love them and there's all these people and they're all coming together and you know tom really uh you know has you know leadership is a talent really because i think you can have good ideas and you can have drive but i think leadership the kind that you have, Tom, and I'm not just saying this to kiss your ass. I wouldn't say this to kiss your ass. I'd say other shit if I really <laughs> just wanted to kiss your ass. Right. But I think I think that it's a real talent. And I'm wondering, I mean, you've, you've had other big projects and other similar leadership roles, but how is this different from you? Then like, how does this feel like as a leader?
1: I mean, I've had other leadership roles, but none where I was... Sort of, um, you know, trying to to lead a group of so many people and so many different personalities um, and so many kind of um, kind of just different ranges of you know talent, personality, and just sort of generally who they are. I think that um, you know when I worked in media, I mean, I led small teams, and when I did the Remix Media Festival, it was a small team comparatively, and I think the biggest challenge was just like all of these people and trying to, you know, sort of maintain sanity while I have 150 people that are, you know, texting me and emailing me, um, calling me on the phone, you know, I mean, it's just, it, it, it can get really, really super crazy sometimes. And I appreciate your kind words, but I will say that at the beginning, I, I have gotten much better at this over the last five years than I was Mm -hmm. at, at the, at the start, um, mm-hmm. I felt like I had so much to learn and I did, uh, and I still have a lot to learn, but I mean, you remember there were times when I would just, you know, occasionally lose, lose my shit.
0: Yeah. I want to ask you about that, but you know what I wanted to, um, I wanted to find out about that, but I thought I would do the station, another station ID because I didn't want to interrupt that part of the conversation. What do you think? Sure. <laughs> So let's, um, you know what, I want to, you know, we're talking about how great the station is and everything. And um, I want to promote our, uh, our, um, our downloads. Our, you can actually get an app for Radio Free Brooklyn on your phone, which is a great thing to have because we have such great programming. And you have a lot of time now, and you could be out taking a walk. And you could have such a great afternoon. It would be like a total variety of great music and talk and, you know, comedy and politics and just, you would be entertained for, you know, you could be entertained for hours at a time for free. So I want you to go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.org and uh, there's a download for iPhone and Android, okay? There and you're listening to Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit. I'm here every Thursday, two to three, and I'm here today with our station executive director and founder, Tom Tenney, on the occasion of the fifth anniversary birthday of Radio Free Brooklyn. So, Tom, you have personally changed a lot, I think. Have you? Yes. And so, I want to hear. I want to hear about that. I want to hear about how you've changed from the beginning and the end and the leadership where, where should we start from the beginning or
1: we can, we can start wherever you like. Um, uh,
0: So what's so, well, go ahead on what you were saying.
1: Well, I mean, I was just going to say that, um, you know, leadership is a skill that has to be developed over time. And my discovery was that just because I could lead a team of 10 people at VH1 or 15 people at the Remix Media Festival does not necessarily qualify me for leading 150 people. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, part of that, there were some really tough growing pains, uh, Mm -hmm. I have to say. And like we were just talking about, like there were times when I would just absolutely lose my shit. Now, Part of that – you know, part of it sort of getting better for me was this kind of snowball thing that I was talking about earlier is that you get more and more dedicated, sort of re- more responsible people, mm. people who are really, you know, into it more than mm-hmm. some of the other people because, you know, if, if people – you know, one one of the early shows that we had to let go was somebody who just would, would not remember to lock the studio, which is a really, really super important thing because we have lots and lots of ex- expensive equipment there. And he did not understand why it was such a big deal, you know, because the last time he did it, I did. I kind of lost my shit at him. And I said, imagine that you had um, a two-year-old and uh and because he was like well nothing happened and i said okay but imagine you had a little kid you had a little Mm two-year-old and i took that two-year-old and i just walked out into the middle of traffic okay even if we didn't get hit by a car you would never let me take your two-year-old across the street again (laughs) right Right. so um you know but 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 also you know one one of the ways to that that one of the things that has helped is been being, you know, putting really clear processes and protocols in place for people and mm. making sure that they just fully understand them upfront. And okay. so now I have, when we, you know, we don't have to do this hardly ever anymore, but if we do have to let a show go or somebody is sort of not living up to, you know, community, what we expect, um, then it's very, you know, dispassionate. It's very sort of like, you know, we, we you know, we told you up front what the deal was and no hard feelings. You haven't met it. And uh, we kind of now need to make room for people who, you know, mm-hmm. who get it or who really want to do this and who want to take, you know, who want to take this seriously.
0: Mm-hmm. Which they probably aren't surprised by when they finally hear. No, that.
1: mostly not. Mostly people mm-hmm. are like, I totally get it, you know.
0: But how about on a personal level, Tom, because I haven't... Um, so let's, let's just say it, anger management, mm-hmm. because I have noticed, like, that's, it's, we know, what you know what I mean, right? Uh, yep, I do. Yeah. So here's the thing, guys. Tom, we were, I was really scared of Tom, and I think a lot of people were. We were all really scared of Tom, because Tom, I don't think you realized how you were affecting people, though, right?
1: I, I, I didn't. And and you know, and, and and that's my fault.
0: Really well no there's not this is there is no judgment at all. I'm not saying your
1: judgment. A... I'm I'm saying that it was. it was I mean I'm owning that. You're
0: taking responsibility, yeah. right. So just so you guys understand what we're talking about here is that um is,
1: did Tinkerbell just come into your apartment? What is yeah, that? Yeah, okay. yeah. I was
0: wondering why my dog was staring at me. <laughs> uh, so what happened was uh Tom would I mean, you were right most of the time, but you would just really yell. Yell! You would yell. Yeah. Would I mean, really it wasn't yell. a
1: matter of being right or wrong, really. It was about yeah. how I handled stressful situations. Yeah,
0: and so what would happen, guys, is that Tom would get really angry and yell, and um, it's hard not to take that personally. I don't think you meant it personally, did you? Never. You didn't realize what you were doing, and so... Um, But it was actually kind of a big deal because I noticed, and I'll tell you this, Tom, I noticed when I did, uh, we used to have seminars at my apartment for a little while in the very beginning to like discuss how uh, we could, you know, to learn about our shows and how to better them and everyone at that apartment at my apartment that would come over was they were all terrified of you they would be like tom said this i'm afraid he's gonna yell at me you 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 know that now right Uh, yeah Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. so it affected a lot of people but i don't think any we we kind of anyway it was it was a tone that affected the station but what what happened what happened with you tom because you and i you know tom and i talk a lot but we never we haven't talked about this at all so what happened in your in your head there what well, what's
1: happened there um i mean a few things i mean you know one was just sort of learning as i go right which okay. we talked about uh you actually helped me with uh with some stuff oh
0: that's you know, good
1: the carrots mm-hmm. and, and all that <laughs> right mm-hmm. and Wedding. um mm-hmm. and then another significant and this is going to i reveal something sort of personal here um but you know i have been on um i've been on medication since 2008 mm-hmm. and uh, i changed my medication about 2 years ago oh uh and the the, the difference is night and day you know really yeah
0: Really, that's excellent. Yeah. And can I say what the medication because we talked about that on your first show?
1: Uh, sure, it's called uh, Lamotrogen or oh, yeah, or, or, tell
0: us what it is or,
1: uh, well, so uh, my my diagnosis is bipolar two and um, which is you know, sort of a a less severe version of bipolar disor- disorder. Um, and I had been on Welbutrin for major depressive dis- disorder since 2008. And uh, so when I was diagnosed bipolar 2, I went on this, this lamotrigine, which is um, actually it's an, an anticonvulsant.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Which, so it's given like people with epilepsy take it also. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is also sometimes prescribed for bipolar 2 or, or sometimes just for bipolar disorder. But it helps you manage your moods. And it is you know it's not as powerful as something like lithium, but um, it really, really, really helped.
0: Mm. I mean I, and, and that
1: that to me is probably the biggest difference in in really? in me, yes, in my sort of, you know how I deal with the world, uh, how that's changed over the past couple of years.
0: Wow. That's such a great testament to show how so many emotional issues have nothing to do with, are just purely physical like everything else, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I something I inherited from my dad. Um, and, uh, you know, for a long time in my life, I sort of had this idea that, you know, I don't want to be reliant on drugs for how I feel and so on and mm-hmm. so forth. And, you know, but that's kind of ridiculous, you know, at, you know, when I think about it, it's I mean, because your whole body is chemistry, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's mm-hmm. all Absolutely. it's all chemistry, whether you're taking drugs or not, you know. So if there's something in your chemistry that can help you live a better life, why would you not do that? You Absolutely. know, so, yeah.
0: Oh, that's that's. um So thank you, Dr. Really Gersh- yeah. <laughs> that's really good. So have you, did, so, did, were you aware that, so you you just, honestly, it's not just that you're controlling your behavior or something like that. You just don't feel, were you feeling like that anger and you don't feel it the same way anymore? Is I mean, the
1: anger used to take me over. It would be like it was somebody else, right? Wow. And, you know, there are, I still have moments when... You know, yeah. I, I feel the the instinct for that to mm-hmm. happen, mm-hmm. but now the difference is that I'm able to step away from it. I'm mm-hmm. able to take a breath, step away, and look mm-hmm. at it more objectively, and realize that this isn't you know something that is the end of the world for me. Mm-hmm. It's just a mm-hmm. <laughs> you know it's just a bump in the road, whatever. It's just your basic everyday challenge. I mean, I had a situation where I tried to order groceries from uh, the grocery store to be delivered yesterday or two days Uh ago. And it took six hours and what? they still hadn't shown up. So I called yeah. them and they were, and this was like now my lunch and my dinner and I'm <laughs> fucking starving. Oh my God. And so I called them and they were like, oh yeah, we got a little backed up today. Uh, just call us in the morning. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? And I just went off and I was just like, where well, I was about to go off. And uh-huh. I was like, you know what? And I was like, fuck you. And I, (laughs) I just hung up the phone. You know what I mean? I was about to go into a long tirade about, you know, how they shouldn't be fucking with people during a pandemic. This is their
0: food. (laughs) This is, you know, good for you. Well, you know, so has it given you like, did you realize, did you realize that you were terrorizing people by getting angry at them? Or was it just like, you know, you know what? I,
1: I, 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 in a way, yeah, but it, but also, you know, I'm a big guy. I am right, yeah, very, I'm close. very tall. It's for the people who don't know, I'm six four, and mm-hmm. um, I have realized since I was in college really that no matter how much of a baby face you have, no matter even how <laughs> nice you are, you have to temper yourself a little bit more than people who are smaller than you because the slightest look Mm -hmm. glance word Mm -hmm. can be it's much more easily to interpret that as aggressive
0: yeah well people don't want you to kick the shit out of them well
1: i mean i'm not gonna (laughs) that is never gonna happen i'm I'm not a i'm not a shit out of people kicker you know
0: we're instinctual we're instinctual beings and that's what we're dealing with fight or flight right
1: Right, right. And, and and you know, honestly, I mean, now being able to look at it more objectively, those times that I'm angry, I'm really more hurt than I am mm, a- angry.
0: Interesting.
1: You know? Yeah,
0: yeah. And
1: it's, it's almost like a sort of like, f- how dare you hurt me type of, th- you know, type of mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Rather, makes- rather than just like, I'm so furious, I'm better than, no, it's a feeling, it's actually a feeling of vulnerability. It's a feeling mm-hmm. of, of hurt. And Mm -hmm. a defensiveness around that hurt. That's what, that's, I mean, I I assume that that's what a lot of anger is, but certainly that's where a lot of mine came from.
0: So that's a lot of self-awareness. Have you been in therapy during this time or is this like-
1: Only with you, Lisa. I wouldn't go anywhere else. (laughs) You're the only one who gives a shit. Uh
0: so Um, you've made all these well i know you've been in i I have i have a
1: psychiatrist but that's not therapy that's you. well that's a
0: lot of self-awareness good for you so yeah that was um something else i wanted to ask about like how has running i mean we we all see the tom tenney station director but this the what you've accomplished um and helped all of us accomplish um that must have changed your life out in the world and your drug, your, you know, your new drug and that, all that stuff. Like, have, have you found, you know, your life different out in the world because of the station? Like, do you feel like, you know, more, more confident or more like, has it, you know, how, or like, do you have less time for people? Has it made you myopic? What's it like out there for you?
1: Well, you know, I'll, I'm going to, let you in on another thing, too, that, you know, is as much as I love doing the station, there are people who I really like at the station that I wish I could be really friends with. You know what I mean? But I feel like my role makes that less pot. You know what I mean? Makes it less. I mean, there are there are people who I am friends with. I'm friends with everybody on the management team. Right. You know, But but I'm but I'm also very conscious of my of my role at the station. And just wish I could, you know, you know, I don't want to ever ask anyone to go out for a beer with me because it might be misinterpreted. And you know what I mean? It's like I don't sometimes you don't want to feel like the principal. Sometimes you want to feel like another student.
0: Right, right, right. But it's also um, I think that the, you know, the station needs. Yeah, I could see they, they need a, it's kind of like what my friend said to me today, what she says to her kid, I'm not your friend, I'm your mother.
1: Yes, right, right, <laughs> and, right, exactly.
0: And the station needs that kind of thing. Yeah, it's funny because being, you know, in management or in founding member, whatever, I, ha- I don't really think about that with you. But I could see if I was, you know, in the mix of people, um, how that would could be seen as like favoritism or, you know, am I going to, is my show doing some indication of extra approval? I could see how that would be.
1: Right, right. Exactly. Or, or mm-hmm. if you're, you know, or if you're female, I don't want it to be seen as, you know, I'm want to
0: you're hitting on yeah you're hitting on the chick yeah
1: i don't right i don't want to Can't hit on the chick no you no i can't you know (laughs) (laughs) um
0: that's too bad because there's so many cute chicks
1: oh tell me about it (laughs) (laughs) um But, you know, I mean, I, you know, I take my role very seriously and, uh, um, you know, and that just sort of, that sort of comes along with it. So I guess there's, you know, there, there's sort of a a loneliness factor also.
0: Right, right. I see what you mean. I see what you mean. Now you teach also for, to make a living. Yeah. And, um... How is so? Tell us a little bit about that aspect of your life, like how the station or how the last five years has affected that part, because that's an important part of your life. I think. I think you're good at it, and I think you enjoy it. I do.
1: I enjoy teaching immensely. Um, Mm -hmm. Obviously, this semester has been, you know, challenging with everything moving online. And the mm-hmm. university not being prepared for it whatsoever, which I think is kind of probably the case at most universities across the country. Of
0: course. Of course.
1: Um, but yeah, I mean, I I I love it. I, I love, um, uh, you know, it's interesting. I teach a film class at, right now, and um, I don't. I wasn't a film major. You know, I was a media arts major. I was a media studies major, and which is really all you need to. You know, in order to teach a film class, that's not that's non technical. That's more on sort of the oh, theory side. Well, uh, but I find that my you know a lot of the stuff I end up teaching and my teaching style is relating it to the world and how this can kind of make them a better person. You know, um, and the students love it. They they love that aspect of it because I'm not just sort of like the guy in the front just sort of shoveling knowledge down their throats. Wow. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm helping them see movies in different ways and how to interpret art in different ways. And a lot of these kids, I mean, I, I my heart is broken at the end of every semester because, really? these, yeah, oh. yeah. I mean, these kids Aww. are going off into the world and I'm just like, I hope, really hope that I made a difference somehow in their lives. And, I, I, you know, yeah. part of this is probably because I don't have kids of my own. So they're kind of my, they're my surrogates. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh yeah, I mean it is it is really important to me, and I have no idea how it's going to shape up for the fall with everything that's going on.
0: Right, but I, right, I really right. hope
1: that I get but, to continue doing it.
0: Some of like what you've learned in this at the stage. So you like you're in kind of a man, You're kind of developing. What I'm hearing is you're kind of developing in a very in a manager teacher. Uh, track in both ways. Does that over? Yeah, that, no, I
1: would say that, that is, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, sure. that's
0: over. There's overlapping
1: there. Yeah. Oh, oh. There's there's definitely overlapping. I mean, and that's part of why also because I was teaching before I did Radio Free Brooklyn, and part of the reason that I really wanted to, you know, make have a, an aspect of Radio Free Brooklyn be have you know be education, media education, media literacy is that um, I feel like that's, I used to teach media literacy when I taught at Hofstra, and it's kind of remarkable how illiterate a lot of kids are today when it comes to media, and mm-hmm. I felt like that's a place that we could have a really positive mm-hmm. impact, and also mm-hmm. where I could do teaching, you know, on my home turf, you know, at, right. at Radio Free Brooklyn, so, right. yeah.
0: Right, so, yeah, and you started that program. Um, teams take the mic and
1: yeah, RFB Teen Squad actually is what it was. Teen Team- Squad. Yeah. Oh my
0: God! Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, so there, there has been a, there has been a lot. There has been teaching for sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's funny because um, just full circle when I was listening to the show that the old show i had some new observations about you tom listening okay. back for a few years all right i i was thinking that um you were you were you're really close to your mom right indeed yeah so i was thinking that you get a lot of your emotional needs filled from your mom because so here's what i'm thinking i'm thinking that s- so much like what you're talking about now is that your 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 world is very much a part of a fabric of a lot of other worlds. Do you know what I mean? It's not about there's there's not a it's not about you. It's about you with a large group. And I was thinking that uh, that you're able to do that because I think your mom your mom you have. You know, we all have emotional needs. I think your mom's doing a good job. What do you think?
1: Yeah. Uh my mom has done a great job with me and my sisters. Um uh-huh. she is really like, you know, and, and and part of what I get from her is not just emotional but but like I've I've gotten inspiration from her really? uh, throughout like, my whole life. Mean? Well, That's I so mean cool. I mean she was, you know, she's she's somebody who like me is very you know, can be very idealistic and um, sort of, you know, need to stand up for what's right. I mean, she was one of the, she yeah. she spent a lot of her life as an RN and she was one of the, you know, she she called out a doctor in the 60s for sexual harassment before sexual harassment was a thing, really? you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, really, really a, a very remarkable woman. Um, so, you know, I do, and and supportive also.
0: Yeah, Um, that's what I'm imagining. I'm imagining she's like really proud and supportive of you. She is. And,
1: you know, she said something the other day. I was on a Zoom call with my family and she said something to the effect of, because I was talking about when I used to work in, you know, for big media and I worked for Oxygen VH1 and I was talking about how, you know, (laughs) I miss the money, Um, you know, and she was like, yeah, but you're so much happier doing what you do now. (laughs) And I was like you're right and thank like what a great mom for saying that. You know what I mean? Cuz oh a lot of moms God. would be like yeah. why aren't you still making the money and the you know and and my mom just wants me to be happy and that's like that's the best kind of mom. Wow. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And and by the way guys, Tom could be making a lot more money. I mean, if you know what he's capable of, he's this is a choice. Um another observation I had about you was um that I think and and that speaks to that you could be making a lot of money or a lot more money or real money or whatever like you 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 have the skills and the wherewithal that if you wanted to the drive to have like a real a real job with a really good paycheck or maybe or or a big money or a money making business where the business was about making money, things like that. But I think that you like to have a certain amount of instability to keep you from becoming complacent. Uh, that you're afraid of becoming complacent. That's what I was going to say. That
1: well, um, that I think that's partially true. I think though that one of the things that is characteristic of everybody in my family, from my sisters to my mom to my dad to everybody. Is that we have a strong sense of service? Mm-hmm. Um, as a, like nobody in my family became an entrepreneur who with like startups to make a million dollars in the dot com boom and like what you know what I mean like so you know I have another sister who's also a teacher I have I have a sister who was um, you know a nurse practitioner for Planned Parenthood and then got her law degree you know and so she's a lawyer now who helps out um, you know with uh, she works in with domestic violence victims. Wow, and uh, you know, my mom was in you know was in nursing. Both of my nie my my one of my nieces is in med school. The other one's in nursing school. My dad was a lawyer. You know what I mean? So it's it's a, my dad was a lawyer for uh, underprivileged people. So you know, it's like it, it's just uh it's just in in my blood. I think
0: mm.
1: uh, to want to do something that has um that 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 has a positive effect on the world.
0: Hmm. Wow, that is really idealistic. But you know, the funny thing is, is like we would never have this station if it, it there is a very idealistic um, uh, thread to it for sure.
1: Sure. Well, and, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and you know, people, because I wrote this book on how to start an internet radio station, I get emails all the mm-hmm. time from people who've read the oh, book. And yeah, you know, a lot of people are, you know, really interested in like how to, you know, how do I make money with my internet radio station? And my answer is always like, look, if you're doing this to make money, do something else because mm-hmm. it's not commercially viable. We're a nonprofit. We do this for sort of the educational aspect and for the community uh, service that it provides. But if you're looking to get rich on an internet radio station, um, mine probably was not the right book to read and you maybe should look for to do something else.
0: Well, I think that's why it attracts people who are really committed and have a lot to offer, because I think if they saw that you were making money or doing it for money, or there was somebody was getting rich off of this, they would be able to question it. You know, they'd say, well, he's just telling me to do this because the station needs the money. But since it's never, I mean... We all need to keep the station afloat. Getting money, getting enough money is always an issue. Sure,
1: we need enough money, but right.
0: Right, but no one's ever like, well, this is a good way to make money, uh, or this is, you know, we're, so I think that's why people can feel committed to it and feel like part of a community, because the mission of the station isn't to get, and to be, to make a profit, to make big, profits
1: no i mean and we we i also get a fair amount of emails from people who are like who want a job and you know i I think that i mean that says something about the station that this looks like a place where we could offer you a job and actually pay you a real salary but no we're i mean we're we're volunteers we're all volunteers um yeah you know And, and, you know, I mean, I would love to get to a place where I could draw, you know, a small salary from Radio Free Brooklyn, but I'm I'm happy, you know, keeping it, just keeping it going for, for the community and all these passionate people that we have, you know, working with us, um, you know, so that's not necessarily a priority for me right now. Right now, all the money that we have, or that we raise, is going towards paying our rent for studios that are sitting there empty right now.
0: Right, um, right, and, f- right.
1: and for, you know, just basically keeping us um, uh, afloat, a- able to broadcast from day to day.
0: Right. Well, that's uh, a good segue because we only have eight minutes left and um, I wanted to ask you about what you were thinking of the future for the station, your personal and your personal future. Like, how do you, I mean, how do you see things developing? Have you, do you have a sense of it or? I mean,
1: you know, it's, mm, oh, that, of that, course, that, that's a weird, question it's a hard question. Que- it's not a weird question. It's a hard question. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's hard because, I mean, what I, I would love to see this, ultimately my goal is to see this station as being fully self-sustaining mm-hmm. um you know having having a, a large donor base that we can you know as well as sort of you know government you know foundational right. and go- government grants and and that sort of thing um and, and if that and if that were to happen i would be happy to do this for the rest of my life you know mm-hmm. uh i i also want but i also want the the station to be more involved with uh with uh, community necessary community stuff like i want mm-hmm. one of the ideas that we talked about is going out into um you know some of the neighborhoods in brooklyn and their community centers for you know sort of underserved um underserved communities like you know we had we met at one point with the haitian community center to see if we could like help them mm-hmm. get a radio station up and running in their uh in their facility, I would love to do that. I think it would be great for people in the community to learn how to do this stuff and to be actively uh, a part of it, um, and then to launch another, you know, diff- different streams for different communities. You know what I mean? So you could mm-hmm. like tune into the Radio Free Brooklyn, um, you know, Haitian community network, or the Radio, you know, Free Brooklyn, uh, you know, Lao if that's mm-hmm. how you with, say it, with
0: different languages as well. Uh, with, yeah,
1: totally. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, you know, hopefully, you know, we'll, we'll get, uh, somewhere approximating that sometime soon. Um, Mm -hmm. but you know, right now it's just, especially during this mess, it's just, everything's day to day.
0: Yeah. 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 And, um, do you see like eventually stopping teaching or is that, you know, Uh, not,
1: not voluntarily? No. Um, Uh We'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, it's a necessary part of my income right Uh now. So,
0: but I mean, do you like doing that? Is that something you'd ever want to stop doing? No, I would like
1: to just keep teaching in some form, Mm -hmm. um, for the rest of my life.
0: Right. Right. So what about, do you have, I mean, what do you, what tell people about your life outside of the station and teaching? I don't really, (laughs) okay. I'll start now
1: and now I'm done. Right. Yeah. Um,
0: is there anything left? I mean, I only like, I feel like we're friends, and I feel, but I also feel like it's really impossible to separate out the station. So, is there anything besides your family, the radio station, and teaching?
1: Um, not, I mean, teaching and learning, I guess you would say. Uh,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but. I mean, no. I mean, those are really like kind of the three pillars, right well, now. Well, tell you know? us
0: about your tell us about your show too. We forgot. I forgot. It's my fault. Oh yeah, I and it's on and it's on tonight. I'm gonna show. be I'm
1: gonna be live tonight uh, from eight to ten p.m. My show is called Frequency Theory, and uh, it's uh, the format is kind of morphe right now. It's sort of I've been doing a lot of international um, international non English hip hop. But it's starting to morph into more of sort of. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say freeform. I, I ultimately I want it to be because uh, I write also. That's another thing that I do. So I wanna I want oh. it to be sort of a blend of kind of like my writing with music with ambiance with you know I, I don't know. I mean, and this is one of the reasons I love doing a show is that you can just sort of experiment from week to week and and see what it is and where it wants to go. So if you want to tune in tonight for my birthday show, it's on 8 p.m., 8 to 10 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. um, And I will be broadcasting from this very chair in my home that I'm sitting in right now.
0: (laughs) You'll be doing exactly what you're doing. I'll
1: be doing exactly what I'm doing, except that I will have, uh, you know, some fancier equipment.
0: And it'll be your show. And
1: it'll be my show.
0: And there'd probably be some alcohol, I'm guessing. There
1: that yeah. That oh, yeah. oh yeah, yeah there, you, there usually is, yes.
0: Mm-hmm. I didn't know about the writing. I don't think I knew about that. What's, what writing?
1: Uh, well, um, I mean, I did a lot of writing in college. I've had some stuff sure. pu- published in academic journals. That's not really the writing I'm talking about, though. Uh, the writing I'm talking about is wanting to get back to the creative writing that I used to do a lot of when I was in mainly in my 20s and 30s. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I, I a lot, a lot of that has sort of turned into kind of telling stories at bars now, you know, mm. uh, and, you know, my friend Noel, who also hosts a show on Radio Free Brooklyn, was like, you need to go to start going to storytelling, you know, yes. venues and yes. start." So I want to do that. Yes. But I also want to just sort of use my show as kind of a, a trial for, for some oh. of those things, you know.
0: Oh, wonderful. That's good. That's yeah. good. Yes, you are a very you you are really good at storytelling. For sure. Thank you. So, we've got uh 2 minutes left. minute and um, a half. Um what else can I what else can I say?
1: Uh, I I <laughs> I don't know. You're the host.
0: Happy <laughs> birthday. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um you
1: know,
0: Yeah, I am the host. Yeah the fucking host guys i know it's
1: always weird to do when i do when i help hosts uh broadcast live and i'm on my mic and it's you're on zoom so it's gonna sound like i'm the host
0: yeah and you look like you're the host because you've got the big mic (laughs) i gotta get one of those mics. nobody
1: can see me though
0: well i can and you know i'm afraid of you so yeah that's true um, I yeah, I am
1: I'm speaking into a so,
0: mic. So, I should get one of those mics. Is that a really good mic? Uh,
1: this one I would not recommend this one for broadcasting. This is it just looks this cool. is this is one that I just had. Uh, but this is uh this is called an ENG mic. It's a um electronic news gathering mic. So, it's like what 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 like reporters use to interview people out in the field.
0: Oh, I see. You know. Oh, oh, it's for Okay, so anyway. Anyway, um, I want to say thanks so much for listening, everybody. Thanks so much for being here, Tom. You're welcome. And um, thanks so much for listening to Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit on Radio Free Brooklyn. I'm here every Thursday, two to three. Stick around. We've got great programming this afternoon. Bye. Including- Dr. Lisa gives a shit. about you.